from inside Memorial Stadium. This is the Huskers Radio Network podcast. All Huskers, all the time. Here's your host, Jessica Cootie. Welcome, everyone, into the Huskers Radio Network podcast. We are taping this on July 29th, which means we are 30 days out from kickoff and the season opener on August 28th against Illinois. And coming up this football season, we're going to have a special podcast coming up for you every single game week. We're going to call it Sideline Scoop with Searles. That's right. Former Husker great offensive lineman, NFL vet, and now joining the Huskers broadcast crew on uh, for football games, Jeremiah Jeremiah Searles. Well, you retired and you're hopping into radio. How excited are you for this? I'm super excited. I mean, this has been something that I've always loved doing on my free time. I used to co-host a show with Chris Schmidt um, over at Hale Varsity, kind of when I was still in playing in the offseason. And then last year, I actually got a chance to do some pregame, postgame work on uh, the Husker Sports Network um, last year and so get a chance to get brought on here and expand my role on the sideline is something that I'm really excited about because I live and breathe Huskers. Um, I always have, I always will. I love this university, I love this program and so a chance to be close to it and a chance to continue to report on it and just watch it is something that I, I couldn't be more excited about. Yeah, no doubt you'll have a unique perspective that you'll be able to bring in that analyst role from the sideline, a different perspective. And, you know, each week we wanted to kind of maybe give Husker fans a chance to, uh, you know, we'll pick your brain a little bit mm-hmm. on the upcoming opponent and, and what you're kind of looking forward to for the matchup between Nebraska and whoever it is that they're playing with. But what are you hoping to bring uh, perspective-wise in, in that analyst role for the radio broadcast. Yeah, one thing I want I want to make sure I bring, and I've had people tell me that I do a decent job of being able to explain things technically in a way that's not over technical. Mm-hmm. Um, so former player, for me, I was never the most athletically gifted uh, guy on the field, but I always made sure I was going to be the smartest guy, understanding schemes, understanding fits, understanding blitzes, fronts, formations, all that stuff. And so I want to bring the different side of the instead of just the announcing of here's what happened I want to give a little bit more of the why hey this happened because of x and we started doing that a little bit last year in the pregame show I had the big board segment and I really loved being able to break it down on a deeper level of like man why did that fourth and one not work or why did it work it's like okay well this linebacker was out of his gap or the offensive line did a phenomenal job of disfront of disrupting the d line to the linebackers or fits from the safeties and i just want to bring that bit of a perspective into it as the former player analyst piece that i think people really like to hear i think that especially my generation of the why generation as people call them is why did this happen not just okay this happened and so i want to bring that piece to it. And I think that that's something I'm really excited to do my pregame study on, my postgame study on, and really dive deeper into the film and get kind of on a deeper level of the conceptual piece of the pro football games. Yeah, because as people that are watching the game, we might think we know what happens, but you have a different perspective on, no, this is actually why this happens. And that's a it was a cool concept, and we're going to continue to do it, and we're actually going to be doing the pregame stream uh, each and every week as well, so that you're going to be able to Fans will be able to watch and, and uh, check out those breakdowns. But, okay, so let's start. It's the day before fall camp mm-hmm. uh, for these guys, but it's fan day today. So as a player, and especially for these guys, they didn't get to be around the fans a year ago. How exciting, how special is it when you do get to kind of get a chance to interact with the fans that come in and cheer so loudly every single week? I mean, I woke up with a pep in my step this morning knowing that there was going to be fans Memorial Stadium for the first time in a year and a half, and I haven't played here since 2013. <laughs> I mean, the fans are what make this place so special. They, I mean, when I came out here in 2008, 
it was the first thing that I noticed. And when I played here, it's the first thing that you notice. And as I was here for games in 2020, it was the first thing you lost. It, you looked around, you're like, this isn't Nebraska. Nebraska is based off of the fan base that is built and supports these guys, supports these players, former players, current players, NFL players. I mean, it's just so much of the fan base that's built. So a lot of these freshmen that were freshmen last year are going to get to experience this for the first time. I remember my first fan day when you literally watch guys sprint onto the field <laughs> to go get in line for autographs is something special. And then that just builds throughout the time. And I know there's a lot of seniors that this is their last fan day. And they're going to get a chance to interact with these guys in a personal level one more time. And so fan day is such a cool experience. I loved watching the little kids that came in and mean eight, nine years old, and they feel like they're meeting their hero. I mean, I've seen everything on fan day from, I remember my senior year, a person bought a full cardboard cutout of Taylor Martinez. <laughs> there was a girl that would literally cry as she met Rex Burkhead. And so, I mean, it's just such a fun and unique experience. And I couldn't be more excited for these players and these fans that are going to get a chance to get here today. How long is the O-line uh, going to be? For the O-line line for autographs. It's usually uh, <laughs> the line that people are like, oh man, the quarterback line's really long. There's no one in the O-line line. Let's go, let's go, let's go get a 20 signatures and fill the ball. But I mean, I'll be first one in the O-line line. I promise you that. I was about to say, who's, if you were getting in line to get an autograph today, whose autograph do you want? Oh man, I think if I'm getting in line today, I want to get Turner, Turner Cochran, mm -hmm. and I want to get Bryce Benhart because I think those are two young guys that are, have unreal ceilings i mean nfl type potential um they got a shot and i think that those are two young guys that i'm really looking forward to and then the other guy that i would really want to get is uh ben stilly just because i feel like he's the college forever guy right i mean yeah. i feel like he was playing here when i was playing here and so <laughs> he's a guy that i i love dearly um as a human as a football player and he's a guy that i'll always follow wherever he goes we're going to talk more offensive line coming up but okay so the day before you start fall camp the day before day one what is the emotion like as a football player yeah I tell people this all the time the best day of the year is the day one of fall camp there's nothing better than getting back out there the worst day of the year is the second day of fall camp <laughs> but I mean the night before your first day is nothing but excitement and jitters and it's your first chance to go out and show all the work that you've put in in this offseason through spring ball summer conditioning winter conditioning and put the product out on the field and start refining now you can be in great shape, you can be super strong, but you cannot replicate football conditioning or the way you play the game. So you got a lot on your plate. Um, the biggest thing is just to go out there and understand it's day one, like don't, don't blow the lid off of it right away. You got a long camp in front of you, but it's a lot of fun to really measure yourself up football wise against some guys that you've been working out with all season. No pads. So what, what do you want to accomplish on day one? Yeah. So the biggest thing is operation. I think the first few days of fall camp is all about the operation of practice. Okay. We're getting from individual nine on seven team pass, team run, special teams, break all through that. Like, okay, just getting the layout of what practice is. And then the other things of like, Hey, no substitution errors, no unforced or penalties, right? Too many guys in the huddle or false starts or just simple operation things that seem really small, but show up in the fall. And you start building that on day one. You start building all that stuff, snap count, cadence, watching the ball on defense, eye discipline, when you can't have pads on, those are all things that really matter. And then also learning how to work together, learning how to practice together and understand if we don't have pads on, keeping guys off the ground. If you got a chance to bury someone, don't do it right now. You don't got pads on. Same thing, I mean, I, I call it the underwear Olympics. You got guys that'll run through gaps as linebackers and you're like, okay, cool. And then you put pads on and you smack them. Like, don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, and, so, and so the first few days is kind of feeling each other out. But I mean, the real meat and potatoes of camp doesn't really show up until the pads come on. 
And so we had Dave Ellis on the podcast uh, earlier, and he was talking about just, um, you know, monitoring and maintaining. There are some guys that are going to sweat 20 pounds, some guys that sweat 5 pounds and 10 pounds, but all that work that you've done leading up to today and, and a guy like you who mm-hmm. played on the offensive line and you want to maintain whatever it was that you did, how do you go about, okay, this is going to be really tough, but this is what I got to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it's extremely difficult and everyone has their own challenges. I was always a guy that lost a ton of weight during camp. I was the 10 to 11 pounds a day guy. And it only got worse as I got into the NFL. But the biggest thing is finding a routine of recovery. There's not a lot of recovery time during camp. It's from meetings to practice, to lift, to eat, to meetings, to bed. And you repeat, I mean, it's like Bill Murray's Groundhog Day. That's exactly (laughs) what training camp is. And so learning how to take 15 minutes to recover, stretch, roll out, cold tub, whatever works for you. But the biggest thing is just not falling behind on hydration and not falling behind on calories. Because if you fall behind, it's dang near impossible to catch up. And so having a plan put in place, which I'm sure Ellis has done, each individual guy, but a lot of these guys, young guys, this is their first real fall camp. High school's a whole different game. You get to college and you have to learn that routine. And so the education piece of that is huge and being willing to adapt and move through it. But the biggest thing is the hydration and the recovery because you can't be available to play if you're not available in practice and you fall behind in that stuff you got soft tissue injuries things that keep you out of camp for two three weeks other guys are taking your reps and those are just all things you want to try and avoid and they're all 100 avoidable most of the time just by good rest nutrition and care so um outside of offensive line because we're going to talk about that because i know that's what you would probably say what mm. is your number one position that you're looking for to see how it plays out this fall camp yeah so i mean i think everyone in nebraska is the running back it's <laughs> it's the easy one right i mean uh-huh. we've had bell cows for the last few years going back to even my days rex burkett amir abdullah Diedrich mills i mean you have these guys that divino zigbo that have been staples for a long time and now you're looking at a running back room that's nothing but question marks and i think that's good i think it's good you have a true healthy competition in that room. And I've said it since the day I started playing, competition breeds greatness. You've got guys that are gonna show up and rise to the occasion. You got guys that when the moment gets too big are gonna crumble because they're just not ready. And you wanna make sure you get through all that in camp. So running back on the offensive side of the ball is huge. Defensive side of the ball, who's gonna rush the passer? Who's gonna be the guy that stands up and says, we don't have to blitz because I'm gonna get home. I'm gonna get home if you only send four or if you only send five. We don't have to twist and stunt like, I'm going to do it. And I think that there's a couple guys that are candidates for that. You got Caleb Tanner, you got Garrett Nelson, you got Payne. But the question is, who's going to rise to that moment and be that guy that we need to, it's third and eight and we need to stop and the receivers are really good, so we don't want to blitz and someone's going to get home. That's something I'm going to be watching for big time. Okay, let's talk O-line because that seems to be a position group that, I mean, Scott Frost mentioned it at media days, at Big Ten media days. Um, I just talked to Ty Robinson who said that he thought this is the best uh, O-line group that could have been here in the Scott Frost era. So what have you kind of heard? How do you feel about this group specifically and the depth that they've been able to build going into this year? I'm super excited for this group. I mean, they've got the perfect blend of veterans and young guys. And I think that that's what makes a great offensive line in college is you've got guys that have been there, done that and know what it takes and you've got a lot of hungry guys behind them that want to step up so i mean you look at the positions okay bryce benhart young guy cut his teeth against some really good opponents last year in a weird year but now no longer is treading water it's now time to dominate i played as a retro freshman you tread water every single week you just you just survive (laughs) you take a huge jump your second year because now it's now it's not new 
you're now learning, okay, this is what I did last year. This is what worked. This is what didn't work. Refine those skills. You go to Cam Jurgens, a guy that's played a lot of football, looks phenomenal physically. Can he take the next step in his game of understanding, lining up everyone, getting everyone ready? Got a young guy in left tackle, Turner Cochran, who played extremely well in his one snap or one outing last week in Rutgers last year, excuse me. And then you look at young guys, you got Mitch Schechterman, you got Banks, you've got, I mean, Ethan Piper. And so there's competition there and goes back to the running back room, right? Competition breeds greatness. You got Hickson who started an entire season even. So you've got all these guys in the mix now that if you can go into, I mean, the NFL, you only dress eight offensive linemen per game. You go into college with eight or nine offensive linemen that are ready to play and not a huge drop off. It's the nature of the game. Someone's going to get dinged at one point. Those guys that can step in and be ready to go and not have a drop off in the production is going to bode well for us. And this is really the first time Scott's had that. I mean, it really is the first time that I think that they have someone besides the starting five that they have full trust in going in and continuing the, uh, to continue to roll. And Greg Austin was talking about that, about, you know, knowing that the guy behind you is coming after you and not getting complacent in that. And that seems to be at several positions Mm -hmm. this year that we're hearing about the depth that they've been able to build. What does that do in a fall camp as a player when you're going into battle for your spot? Yeah, I mean, it, it just makes you better. And to know that if you're lead dog, you're always looking over your shoulder because you know someone's coming up behind you, that pushes you to be better. If you're the guy behind him, you're like, man, I'm, I don't want to sit the bench anymore. I want to play. I'm going to fight this guy for his role. Then you continue to fight, and it just makes both of you guys better. But I think what people don't understand, too, is even though they're battles, you're still helping each other. Just because I'm the starter at right tackle doesn't mean I'm going to tell my number two tackle, like, get away from me. I'm not helping you. <laughs> like, It's all about a camaraderie and all about helping each other build the way that you need to build and helping each other out and then letting it all show on the field. If you're in the meeting room, help each other out. When you're on the field, help each other out because it's only going to be good. I mean, at the end of the day, you play for Nebraska. You don't play for yourself. You play for the name on the front, not the name on the back. And the more people that you can have ready to go to help that Husker team is going to just be even better for the overall team. With so many guys with so much experience that have played a lot of football really on both sides of the ball, what does that do for a fall camp that you can kind of hit the ground running in, in a different way that you might not be able to with a lot of young guys? It allows you to get through the first week really seamlessly. Sometimes with a really young team, regardless of the level, that first week, week and a half is all what we call install. And you're still going to install like you would normally, but you can progress through it so much quicker. You don't have to spend two or three days on something. Now you can spend an afternoon on it and getting through that stuff so that you can get through your whole install of your entire offense, which is what you do in fall camp. You install everything, at least on the offensive side. And then as you get closer to game week, you start cutting things down. Okay, we don't do this great, but we do this really well. Okay, this is okay, but this is not good. We're just going to cut that. The faster you can get to that and the faster you can get to the stuff that you do really well and refine that is what bodes well for when you come in the real time when the bullets are flying. So that ability to hit the ground running, like you said, and get to that point quicker is just going to be really important. you got a quarterback that knows how to run everything in the offense. you got some receivers that got through a spring ball. They're new, but they're going to pick it up because they're older guys. They're not true freshmen, right? And then you go on the defensive side of the ball. It's the exact same thing. You bring back everyone. So now you're not just installing, hey, here's our base defense and here's how we play. It's like, okay, you guys know base defense. Here's the immediate twist to that. Here's the immediate tweak to that. And here's all your checks. And you can run through all that kind of stuff. And you still have a couple young guys inside there for the linebacker positions that are going to be trying to figure it out. But overall, when you have an older team, you get to the stuff you do so much faster in practice. 
Illinois right out of the gate. Does that change uh, maybe a sense of urgency of how you attack fall camp? Absolutely. I mean, I, I talked to a guy in uh, Wisconsin the other day. They opened with Penn State, and they're already talking about the fact that, like, it's a make-or-break game for the season. I mean, usually when I played, I mean, it was, okay, tune-up game week one, right? You go out there, starters probably play a half, put up 40, and then you're out of there. And now it's like, no, this is Big Ten play out the get for all the marbles and really can set a tone either way for the whole season. And so having that push you during fall camp, especially weeks two and three when things get hard and the body doesn't feel good and you just know you got to keep pushing through that, having that fact that, hey, we open Big Ten play week one, week zero, I guess is what it is, really will be that extra motivational factor, I think. As we get closer to, uh, you know, kickoff and, and we're talking fall camp, does this make you miss it? It makes me miss the camaraderie piece, mm. not in the slightest do I miss the practice. Um, not I was talking, day two of fall camp. I do not miss day two of fall <laughs> camp. I do not miss immediately getting off the field day one being like, yep, still hurt. The uh, <laughs> knees don't feel good. Where's the ice tub? And uh, I talked to a lot of guys who when they retire, August is tough. Um, August is actually really nice when you retire. It's September that's tough. Mm -hmm. My first September after I retired was really hard. You watch games on TV that you're used to being at. You watch your buddies play that you're used to being at. But I miss the camaraderie of the locker room and fighting with your brothers through it all, but I do not miss the physical toll <laughs> that it puts on your body. So this has got to be fun, though, a nice role to be mm -hmm. in because you're going to be on the sidelines. You're kind of still involved with the team you love so much. Yes. Kind of still gives you, fills that void a little bit. Absolutely. It was, it was one of the reasons I was so excited when, when Brandon actually got a chance to offer me the position because it does put me close, but I'm far enough away that I don't have to deal with any of the physical issues. <laughs> you don't got to be running out there on day two. I don't got to be two. running out there on day two and strapping her up and – even though the games are the best part of all of it, they're also the most physically taxing. So to be able to be there and support the team that I love and report on the team that I love is something I'm literally through the moon about excited. Well, this is fun. Sideline Scoop with Searles, episode one. We got lots more to come. I think we're going to take a break next week, but in a couple of weeks, we'll have uh, two weeks into fall camp. We'll have some storylines, some things we want to break down. And then two weeks from that, it'll be game week and we'll be breaking down the matchup with Illinois so uh, lots of good stuff to come with uh, sideline scoop with Searles maybe we can get an ice cream sponsor out Ooh, of this deal yes I love ice cream <laughs> I love all ice cream are you keeping your weight down I though, am I'm down you... to 285 I'd like to lose another 15 but it's summertime and I like to have a few beers every now and then so that makes it tough all right well uh Thanks again for uh, signing up to do this. I, I drug you into this, and uh, but I look forward to it and should be some great insight for fans moving forward. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I look forward to doing this rest of the year. Subscribe, and uh, wherever you listen to all of your podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and go to huskers.com slash podcast on where you can get all of that information because we got lots of good stuff coming up here as we get things kicked off in 30 days. For Jeremiah Searles, I'm Jessica Cootie. Thanks for listening.